0: hi this is joel knox from the vineyard church of brenham i want to thank you for dropping by and listening to our podcast you know it's a free podcast and it always will be but if you'd like to help us out you can go to our website vineyardbrenham.org and click on our donations page we'd appreciate it very much so thanks again for stopping by and i hope you enjoy the podcast all right there's some some sunday morning monty python for you how many of you've ever seen that before how many of you are totally offended that I showed it in church? <laughs> That's from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It was, it was released in 1975. You can read the, the poster there. I thought that was hilarious. I'd never seen that before. And the song before that was um, actually a song that was written in 1854 by Stephen Foster it was, it was written in 1854 and published, and it was first recorded in 1905 on a wax cylinder by the Edison Manufacturing Company. thought that was pretty neat. Um, this weekend, is we celebrate our freedom as a country, and I, I just want to pause and just remind us that, that we, we live, despite the problems that we, we see around us, we live in the greatest country on earth. I I, I really believe that and I, I know there there's there are issues that people have with with different aspects of our government and you know we can talk about those kinds of things but but we are free this morning. You didn't have to go through a checkpoint to get to church. You didn't have to wait for somebody to unlock the church for us so that we could have a service this morning. So I want to just recognize the fact that we are free that we celebrate that freedom. That was, that was set aside for us long ago by, by those who fought for it and, and secured that for us. So, so we remember that this weekend. And so, you know, when you strike up your fire or, you know, whatever you do this this week, just remember that, you know, freedom also means responsibility. We're continuing our series in the Gospel of Matthew this morning. And we're still in the, the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to be finishing that up today. But uh, my text is in Matthew chapter 5, and it's verses 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you the title of my message this morning is persecution complex and it's it's really funny and i I, i put those those two things together on purpose because we do recognize hard times when they come and we hope they never come back and at the same time I don't think some of us understand really what hard times are. My parents were, were basically born right around the Great Depression. And I've heard a lot of their stories. And, and, and many of you may have had relatives, parents, grandparents, who lived through the Great Depression, and they can tell you stories about what hard is. Um, you know, the stories about walking to school uphill both ways, you know, um, it, in the snow, the, in the snow it, or barefoot, yeah, you know, I mean, it, in any of those things, but, but the, the fact is, they really dreamed of the the pleasures that we have now as, as a country, things that we just just have to ourselves. Um, the, the fact that we can, can go out this, this afternoon and, and get in a car that has air conditioning and drive down the road. You know, and not worry about having to fix a flat. Well, some of you might, but you know, typically we don't have to worry about, about those kinds of things because those things are pretty well taken care of. You know, We don't have to worry about where the next meal is coming from and, and, and how we're, we're going to be able to, to put food on the table. So those kinds of hardships, I mean, that's, that's really where hardship, when we get down to it, that's where it is. And, and I think one of the biggest issues we have in our society is that we really don't understand what real hardship is. And so when, when things, you know, we feel like that, that our rights are being infringed upon, you know, it turns into, you know, from a discussion to, you know, all of a sudden, you know, everything has is, is got to be lawyered up. We've got to, you know... We've gotta, you know we got to do something about it uh, somebody gets upset and then they're you know they're they're wanting to lash out at somebody else because they feel like they've been they've been repressed they've been oppressed they've been you know they're they're being persecuted all the while there are people around the world who are really experiencing persecution and I think you know in the last couple of years we've had it brought to our attention that there are Christians around the world that are facing serious persecution. That, I mean, they're laying their lives on the line just to profess that they believe in Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul wrote in his second letter to his young mentee, the young pastor Timothy, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. Now, if you know the, the story of the early church, they didn't have open meetings like we have today. They didn't really even have buildings that they met in. A lot of times they met in, met in other people's homes, and they would gather together, and, and they had to keep a watch just in case that, that a Roman soldier might come bust in the door and, and, and arrest everyone and, and haul them off to jail. Uh, someone in from the jewish council might be upset with with someone from what might have happened in 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 the community and this was an opportunity to to get back at them he knew that they were christians and he knew where they met and so they they'd get somehow get in trouble with with the principalities of that time and and would be hauled off to jail they'd be abused mistreated in in And Paul wrote that letter to Timothy, if you, if you know the, the history of, of 2 Timothy, he was writing that letter from a jail cell. So when he's talking about persecution, he understood it. This was a man that was, that was stoned one time just for sharing the gospel. Stoned and left for dead. And he recognized that in order to, to share the gospel message, he would be putting his life on the line. And it, when he says, if you want to live for Jesus, you're going to be persecuted. You can pretty well count on it. Now, regardless of what we see on the TV or, in, or the internet, we do live on the greatest, in the greatest country on, on earth. And those, it seems that those from countries that have been oppressed, whenever they come here, they recognize it because they've actually seen what, it, what it's like to, to have to hide because they've made a profession for Jesus Christ. I think one of the biggest problems we have is that a lot of us don't really know how to live as free men and women. There are those who, who feel like that that freedom means they can do just pretty much whatever they want and don't take responsibility for their actions. And then on the other side, there are those that, that feel like that they somehow need to that that people are taking advantage of their freedoms and so you know and they they get offended whenever someone is is taking advantage you know and and that's this is what leads to conflict in our in our culture but the fact is we can still assemble together here this morning we haven't been harassed the fear of reprisal that, that's that's not something we worry about but it's a dream for christians who live around the world who are being persecuted there's a group called open doors usa and they have some statistics and i've i i realized we we're gonna have kids here this morning so i, I kind of tailored the graphics a little bit but i, I there's just some graphics that i just want to just kind of just make you aware of this morning according to their data 322 Christians are killed for their faith every month and this is around the world 214 churches and Christian properties are destroyed or vandalized every month 772 forms of violence are committed against Christians and you can fill in the blank for what takes place And when you look at where the persecution is happening, the United States and Canada, the UK, they're nowhere on the map. Now, how does that strike you? Whenever I ran across this this week, I, I it just I, I just had to stop, and I I, I probably thought about this maybe two or three days just thinking about the fact I mean these are people with families they have children they want them to live a life of freedom if it's possible and they're facing persecution just because they declare the name of Jesus the fact is it's a reality for many, and we as Christians can't ignore that fact. In 1963, after being arrested for a peaceful sit in in Birmingham, Alabama, Dr. Martin Luther King wrote a letter from his jail cell, and it contained these words. This is just a, a small excerpt. Moreover, I'm cognizant of the interrelatedness of all communities and states. I cannot sit idly by in Atlanta and not be concerned about what happens in Birmingham. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I think we're familiar with that quote. But you see, the thing is, we can't ignore the suffering or the persecution of our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world. Because one day, we may be persecuted for our faith too. Now, I'm not saying that we need to leave, live in fear of persecution. You know, a lot of the the, the groups that whenever you, you see about these things, it, it it's it's almost fear mongering. You know, you don't want this to happen to you. And and they're missing the fact that, you know, these these people are suffering, and we, we need to somehow find a way to support them and and if we can protect them from what's happening. Because, you know, the difference between the church now and the, and the first century is that we actually have the ability to petition the government. We, we have the ability to raise money and, and help people who are in need. But this morning we need to understand that as believers in Christ, persecution is normal for those who follow Jesus. We don't need to go looking for it. Many times it'll find us. And like the Apostle Paul said, if we're living a life of faith, it will find us. We don't have to live in fear of it. And the Apostle Peter wrote in his letter to the churches in Eastern Europe, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. As believers in Jesus, the kingdom of God stands in direct opposition to the kingdoms of this world. Do you realize that? Just by... Joining the kingdom of God, being part of the kingdom of God, we are now in opposition to the kingdoms of darkness and of this world. And so persecution rises out of this resistance. You know, it's a conflict. And so, what happens in conflict? You strike. They strike back, and and, and this this conflict takes place. Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 15, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German pastor and theologian. He's known for, mostly for his book, The Cost of Discipleship. He was a powerful voice of opposition to Adolf Hitler and the rise of the Nazi party in the 30s. And in 1939, a group of people got together and invited him to the United States in hopes of protecting him for what was happening in, in Germany. Christian pastors were being thrown in, in, in jail because they were speaking out against the Nazis. And they were, they were in prison, and, and you know, there was no hope of, of, of escape or, or, or being pardoned. And so he came to the United States on the invitation of all these professors and, and, and leaders in, in, in New York. And upon his arrival, he was just completely guilt-stricken. I, I can't be here while my people are, are suffering under, the, under this, this dictator. And, you know, of course we know that, that after, after Hitler had his way with Germany, he began to, to, to stretch out across Europe. After years on the run, he was sent to prison in 1944 and was executed on April the 9th, 1945, just two weeks before the American troops liberated the concentration camp where he was in Flossburg. In the book, The Cost of Discipleship, Bonhoeffer, Bonhoeffer wrote this, and I think it's an it's a incredible quote. Discipleship means allegiance to the suffering Christ, and is therefore not at all surprising that Christians should be called upon to suffer. In fact, it is a joy and a token of His grace. When I was working in in the Texas Youth Commission many years ago, I met a young man and uh, he had been in the system for quite some time. TYC, you're, you're dealing with teenagers. And this young man was probably 14 or 15 years old. His dad had been incarcerated. His mom had been in and out of jail and out of prison. And he was now in the system. And... I was having a conversation with him one day, and and he was, he was talking about him his incarceration as being persecution. And and I, I, I asked him, did you do anything wrong? Well, yeah, he he was involved involved in an armed robbery, and you know, and there was, you know, the, one one of the guys kind of got roughed up a little bit, you know. But you know, we. We were, we were just trying to survive. Well, do you not understand that there's a cause and effect relationship here? That, that if you break the law, you know there are consequences. Oh no, you don't understand. These laws are oppressing me. I'm, I'm being persecuted. And, and we we had a long discussion, and I, I, I just, just really by the end of the discussion, I was so frustrated because th- this is not persecution you know you are you're, you're suffering for for what what you did for breaking the law and and a lot of times i, I think we we find ourselves in, in in positions where things start happening to us and we f- we feel like you know we're the victim here we're we we made this the Somebody else was doing this to us. This isn't. This isn't up to me. I'm going to read again from Peter's first letter. This where he continues on, and it's just it's just amazing what he says. This is First Peter chapter four verses fourteen through sixteen. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you're blessed, for the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief, or any other kind of criminal, or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. That also reminds me of a quote that Abraham Lincoln said many years ago, whatever you are, be a good one. So in regard to being a Christian and and disciples of Jesus, If we get persecuted in this life, let it be for doing good. Now, I want to get back to the original text because I want to talk about what Jesus was telling those in in the, the sermon that day. Verse 10, again in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you now there's a couple of things that i want you to notice here in this text and, and the first one is jesus used the same words theirs is the kingdom of heaven for both the poor in spirit And the persecuted. You see, these are the people that get the short end of the stick. You know, the poor in spirit, they're they're the ones that they're they're in need constantly from from God. And and those who are being persecuted, you know, they're 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 being oppressed actively. These things are happening to them. And and I I I think this bears out in, in, in Jesus' words that God gives them in blessing them there there's a special preference for these folks because of what they're experiencing it's a special grace it's like what what bonhoeffer said this is this is a token of grace that they're experiencing and so in turn we need to be looking out for those people in this life making sure that we don't over overlook or disregard them because of what might be happening to them the second thing is that god himself comforts those who keep their faith in the face of violence and death much like the prophets and the who were persecuted by ungodly men in the old testament their relationship with god is something that many of us will probably never know you might remember the story of stephen in the new testament in acts chapter 7 he was the first christian martyr He was tried by the Jewish council for blasphemy and then he was sentenced to execution by being stoned to death. Just before they picked up the stones and they started throwing them at at Stephen, he, he looked up to heaven and he said, Look, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Did you catch what he said there? Jesus was standing at the right hand of the Father to welcome him to heaven. That's the only time in Scripture that we, we read of Jesus standing in the throne. And it reminds me of what the Apostle Paul, who incidentally was taking part in Stephen's death, wrote in his second letter to the, the Corinthians. Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We can't allow ourselves to get distracted by the, the temporary things of this world and miss out on seeing the glory of God. Now, if you're here this morning and you're experiencing testing, you're experiencing trial, and it's, it's no doing of your own, this is something that's, that's happening to you, I want you to take comfort in this this morning. God comforts the persecuted with his presence, both now and in the age to come. This is the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God. Even in our, in our, our, our afflictions, the things that we're experiencing, the things that happen to us that we have no control over, God's presence is real. And it's and it's available to us. We just have to press in to experience it. And in the same way, those who have been experienced that have experienced persecution in this life have to look forward to God's eternal comfort. I didn't put the scripture in here, but in in Revelation, you know, it's all the all the scenes that that. That the apostle john is is describing there's a particular scene where where those who have been persecuted that have that that came through what what we call this the tribulation and they've they're they're crying out to god and they're saying how long before our, our blood will be avenged and it says that god comforts them day and night and so if we are experiencing any kind of oppression, persecution in this life, we can look forward to the fact that one day we will be comforted. Every tear will be wiped away. All sorrow and mourning will flee away from us. But if you're here this morning and you're experiencing opposition, if you're experiencing hardship, I want to take some time and and, and minister to you and and pray for that and, and allow God to minister to you this morning. So if we can this morning, can we stand? You know, persecution is one of those things you talk about, it, it's like, oh, yeah, it, it makes us sad. And, you know, but, but we, need to, we need to be aware of it. We need to know what's going on. And we also need to know when there are, there are folks in our body who are experiencing these kinds of things. If you're here this morning and you you need healing in your body, I I I'd, I'd love the opportunity to pray with you this morning and and to allow God to to touch you, whatever it is that you're experiencing. Sometimes I think it's the last thing we do. It's whenever whenever we get sick or you know we find out something's wrong with us that we we don't resort to to taking it before the Lord. And so I, I want want to take that opportunity this this morning. And if you're here this morning and you're going through some difficult times, and it may not necessarily be the kind of persecution that we're talking about, but it, it's hardship. And you're struggling. We want to have an opportunity to pray for you this morning and, and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. So I'm going to say a prayer of dismissal. I'm going to invite you to come forward. Those of you on the prayer team, if you'd come up and, and just be here for those who are who are coming in for prayer. But Thank you for being here this morning. And I, I, I pray that, that, that in remembering our, our freedom this week that we'll just take a moment and thank God for that because he, he's ultimately responsible. And, uh, and we give him praise. So Father, we bless you. We thank you. We ask that you go with us this week, that you would keep us safe in all that we do, in all our travels, in all of our, our experiences, God. Be with us and remind us that you are there with us in all that we face and all that we experience. God, we bless you and we thank you. Go with us in the name of Jesus and let your presence go with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. If you need prayer, come on to the front.